The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Putting you on a spot, Stallion, what makes a good investment? How do you know if you should put money into something? Just give me like what your box is. Mine? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're, you're taking away, you're taking like, our next month's topic in the passive income mastermind. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, but for me, it has to it has to meet a couple criteria. Number one, almost immediate cash flow, right? The only thing that's been outside of that has been things like Bitcoin and Ethereum, because I I believe that's building a future place for for um, additional currency, currency that's more stable than our U.S. dollar. Okay, do so you that's, say that's that a, even though with like our land flipping business, we don't take the cash flow? We have cash flow, but we don't take it. I like the fact that it's being created and I get the choice to continue to reinvest or not. But how so, do you know ultimately if it's a good investment? How do you know it's worthwhile? Like what is your measurement or criteria that you use? That the investment is worthwhile? Yeah. Like, like, is there a re, like a return number that you're looking for? Obviously, you want cash flow back immediately. You're not looking for appreciation. But how, how, like, what measurement are you saying it needs to be 10% cash on uh, cash, 20%, 50%? Do you have a number? It keeps going up. I'll say that. <laughs> the, more, going up. <laughs> the more, so my very first thing was doing like private mortgages, and that was a, a 10% you know, mortgage. And I thought, man, that's so good. And the more we started learning about all these other things, I was like, man, I need to get my money back on those private mortgages and start doing some, some cooler things. Um, I mean, like you think about the short-term rental space for us. I, I haven't, I don't even remember what the math is, but it's stupid. When you start getting $800 per bedroom per month in cash flow. It's somewhere in the I want to say sixty percent range, cash on cash. Is that fair? Is, am I making that up? I, I think that that's what it is. When we're getting eight hundred dollars a bedroom, by the way, for the month of February, we didn't get eight hundred dollars a bedroom. Okay, but on average, we're getting we're between five and eight hundred. I, I would say that. Yeah. That to me is the the new like measuring stick in my head. It's like I know that business now because we've invested so much time and energy into learning it and and proving it out. So if I can't get, you know, within reason close to that number, it's kind of like, why would I, why would I veer off of something that we know well? So I think knowledge is super important. Um, and I like to look at the risks associated with it. Are there market risks? Is there volatility? Um, is there government intervention? Like to me, that's a big, that's a critical thing for me right now. Well, the reason I ask you that question is I'm getting ready to have this conversation over the next several days with my oldest daughter, who's a junior in high school, thinking about going to college. And I want to sit down with her and talk about what is a good investment? What should you be looking for in a return? And I'm going to then apply it to school. 
right? Mm. Because going to college, there's an investment. There's an investment not only of money, but there's an investment of years. Yes. Four years, right? For the, I mean, you know, that's the quick pace group. That I, I, I wasn't a part <laughs> of that group. I was part of the five-year tour. But for the quick pace group, four years of time plus the amount of money to go plus the amount of money for everything else that gets involved in that. And so I want to like then go and look at this and say, okay, what's the return? I, I don't want to like offend anybody. So if you, if you got a, you know, a degree that you're not using, join the crowd, right? Like everybody else for the most part is working in a field that they didn't go to college for. And this is where my opinion comes from, but I was sitting behind this couple or actually sitting in front of them, flying back from Colorado. It was actually a 19-year-old talking to a professor, and they, he, she uh, was actually a student at the same college he was a professor at. They didn't know that, but they start talking, and they're right in the back of my ear, so I can't not hear them. <laughs> and I know the school that she goes to is like a $35,000 to $40,000 a year tuition. Mm. And that's for in-state, and she was from Missouri. So she's out of state. She's out of state. So it's more than that. And the the professor asked her, what is your degree? And you would think, okay, you're going to go to a school, spend 40 grand a year or better per year. That's a heck of an investment. What sort of degree do you want to get coming out of there? Do you want to be an attorney? Do you want to be like a dermatologist? (laughs) Right? Like, are, are you going to be some like, high high valued uh, uh, engineer like give me something that's going to come out making minimum a hundred thousand you better be getting more than that you know what her degree was in not a clue english she's an english major <sighs> at a forty thousand dollar a year school like that is a bad investment it, yes. if joey i said you're going to invest a hundred and sixty thousand dollars into something and it's going to take a long time just to get access to your money. <laughs> it's going to take minimum four years to get access to your money. And then when it comes trickling in, it's going to trickle in at, say, like 10 to 20 grand a year. Because when, when you take into account all the lifestyle expenses she's going to have, what's left over? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. What's right. the return on that? It's poor. It's poor to uh, uh, earmuffs. Piss poor. <laughs> And and that's what I think is important about today's podcast is that we're talking about investments, talking about passive income. And I I think we need to think in light of that. What is our buy box for investing our money? And I want to have a conversation with my daughter who's investing her time and her money, because be honest, all this money that we've been saving up in her insurance uh, contracts for her infinite banking, that's hers, man. That's hers to use to do the things that can create a lifestyle that she wants or a lifestyle that she doesn't, which is having to work. Because if she spends it all on college and then is working the rest of her life because she can't live a lifestyle that she wants because her job that she chooses doesn't perform, that's on her. And so yeah. I, I'm going to spend the next 18 months with her focused on how do we create an investment of what we want. I hope that, that this podcast inspires you to think about, are you making choices on an investment basis that's going to get you closer to what you want? I hope that you always enjoy these um Uh, passive income reports as much as Joey and I do. Let's jump in right now, Joey. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. 
These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, Russ, we are live, my friend. It's another month. Well, this month, we're preparing for something that's happened in May, though, man. Like, you and I usually don't plan ahead, but we've got a pretty big event coming up, Joe. That's right. Yeah. The uh, second part of our, or the second event of our Passive Income Mastermind will be in Austin, Texas this year. And we just, the first one was so electric. I mean, that that's the word that I'm using to describe it, is because people walked out of there just like, amped up. They knew that there was people in the room that just raised their lid in areas that maybe they were an expert in one, but they, they got exposure and then they were brought up a whole nother level. I mean, what would you say differently than that? Electric? Electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> Exactly. I was thinking, like, I have never heard you use that a word. That is not a word that I feel like sits in your vocabulary. It's legit, though. It is legit. Well, yeah, the passive income retreat is something that we put together after prodding by many, many, many people. Right? It's kind of one of those things where it is the it's the labor of love. It's something that you and I didn't need to put together, but we've been asked to share a bunch of the ideas that we've had. And since doing it, it's actually become one of my favorite things because I love being around other people who are super excited about getting involved in different investment opportunities. And passive income is one of those things that there's so many different avenues to do it. And sometimes we get very pigeonholed in the opportunities that exist based upon our own experience or those in which we surround ourselves with, right? Jim Rohn says you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Well, to me, like getting in an environment where there's 30, 40, 50 other people who are doing all sort of different things, it really gives you an idea to expand your thought process. Not that you need to do everything, which sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I can get caught up in wanting to chase every opportunity that exists, but being in an environment like this definitely challenges my thinking to say, maybe there's something that we haven't considered, Joey. That's right. And I, I want to say this about the retreat. Like every detail of this is put together in a way to enhance your experience. Like from the venue that we choose, we want there to be a place for people to stay on site, but not to feel like a stuffy conference, right? This is an intimate get to know people at a, a Udemy level. And the place that we choose, the, the place in Franklin, now the place in Austin is very accommodating to that. Secondly, when you attend this event, you're not getting just bombarded with 17 speakers in eight hours, which is easy to do. We chose three speakers, main speakers, and left a ton of space in between that is purposeful networking because the value of knowing the people in the group is way more important than just information, right? What, 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 I mean, isn't that the whole thing of a mastermind? It's exactly. masters at something, right? Sharing what's in their mind with each other. They're, they're, they're masterminding. And I, I agree with you. I've been to events where it was really like, okay, we're going to meet together over eight hours. So we're going to run 
10 different speakers through there. I'll have 40 <laughs> minutes and the MC is like they're standing on coals every time they're up there trying to get people as fast as they can to the stage and off. And I, I think that what ends up happening is people walk away with a lot of information, but information doesn't necessarily create action. That's right. right. It is the conversations that you have typically at events that are the most valuable. And so we wanted the information at events to lead to those conversations at the events so that you walk That's away. Right. So a couple couple of things for this event, Joe. I want to talk about some of the people here because really this is what it's about, right? Uh, we've got one of the top, if not the top, crypto mining guy in the U.S., and, and I'm closely starting to become probably in the world at this event. Bob Burnett, uh, we've actually had him on the show before. We've talked crypto with him. He, he has over $200 million in crypto projects going on right now in the U.S., but that's like second on his list behind being an author for Bitcoin Magazine. He is actually the man that is behind helping the country of El Salvador turn their currency to Bitcoin. Like that, that is like, I mean, it's no, no big deal. No big deal. If you want to, you want to hear from someone who understands the space. If you've ever wondered why Joey and I are in the crypto mining space, it's because of Bob. Bob's our guy. We've been, we've known Bob now for five or six years. We've personally been implementing a lot of stuff. So having him come and share some of the insights he has is huge. Who else do we have coming? Well, obviously we have Mark Podolsky, the number one land flipper in the country. We have uh, his his picture's not on here yet, but we have the number one owner financing guru in the country that will be on a panel later on in the, the second night. Well, and when you say that, that that's Mitch Steven. We had Mitch Steven on our show. Mitch has bought a house like every three to four days for the last 20 years. Yeah, you heard me say that right. <laughs> and here's how Mitch is, does it. He literally has borrowed like $20 million from people, pays them 8% turns around, buys a property with cash, flips it to someone who comes in, owner finances it from him at 10%. So he's making the difference between eight and 10. And they must give him at a minimum 10% down. In most situations, that's twelve dollars to $20,000. He puts that in his pocket and then he's got $20 million earning, in essence, 2% spread for him. He's been doing this for 20 years. He's on this panel, Joey. Like to me, like to be able to have that sort of insight is crazy. That's right. Uh, we have our business mentor, uh, Sharon Travatsa, who's had multiple uh, exits over the last five years, one of which in the billion dollar range, $3.4 billion. So his strategies on business structuring and exits is, is unfounded. Like th- there's nobody that even comes close, in my opinion. We have, um, we have three ma- basic tenets of this, which uh, includes passive income, infrastructure, and it also covers tax strategies, right? Because all those things play together to get you to 200% of your monthly expenses in passive income. So we have Todd Martis with CPS going to be covering high level tax strategies that you can implement. Seth Bradley, the passive income attorney, going to be talking about partnerships and building out syndication models and how you can use other people's money to grow your own portfolio. And of course, you've had him on the show, Dave Zook, the master, the real estate, the real asset investor, talking about some of his top um, behind the scenes passive income stra- strategies that he uses and he has offering for us. So um, there's so many more people we could talk about, Russ, that are going to be there in person. 
But this is, this is the collective mindset that is going to be there in the room. And we want to make sure you know how to get there. So if, if you are interested, if this is something that will help you get to your 200% goal, you need to email us at info at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com and just put in the subject line, passive income retreat. When you do that, we will shoot you back the details, uh, links to, to attend and, uh, and also, it, or there's an application process, but to, in, in order to get in there. So we want to invite you to, to take that action. Disclaimer, this is obviously just for accredited investors. There's many of you that are, are working your way to that process and not a fit yet. That's okay. We're, we're, we're doing these once in the spring, once in the fall. So hopefully by the next opportunity that comes around, you'll have met that criteria. But if you fit that, if you're an accredited investor, you don't feel like you have either the the people around you supporting you, helping you get to that 200% level where your expenses are exceeded by passive income by 200%, this may be a retreat that you want to be a part of. Joey, I, I really love the fact that that you've highlighted this to start off with, but I now let's talk about our passive income that we had for the month of February, because that's really what this specific episode's about. It's about just being open, sharing what we're doing. And we, we've had some uh, ups and downs, so, Obviously, every every winter, it seems like we have some down months as it pertains to our short-term rental business, our wake-up in Birmingham, which is, for those who don't know what short-term rental is, that's our Airbnb, that's our VRBO, that's the uh, the business where we rent out to people either on one night all the way up to 30 nights, and the winter months tend to be a little bit lower, Joey. Why are the winter months lower? Well, they're a little colder, you know, <laughs> and uh, just I just noticed that our revenue gets a little colder in the colder months and then it warms up which is the good news now what what's the cool thing that happened in february though that i think will make it a little bit warmer this time next year well one of the things that happened is we've been following again we you you, you have the information you gain information you start applying it and then you tested to see what else um is working and one of the things that we learned joey through this month of february is that there was some new pricing software out there that we've been kind of looking into for several months. We finally pulled the trigger on it. We decided toward the end of the month to spend, it's not cheap, it's over $200 a month to be able to purchase it. And if you're in our short-term rental course, we're gonna be making an update to that so that way you get access to that new information that we have. But we, we, we purchased this new pricing software and immediately, right at the very end of the month, we didn't get a chance to really apply it to February, but what we saw, is that we started booking out March, April, May, June through this new pricing software, immediately enhancing all the revenues for those future months. Uh, I think that's what you're speaking to, Joey, is that we're seeing that our we we have new information, some new software that's going to help us increase, I think, our revenue by as much as 15 to 20%. Exactly. Yeah, I, I get really excited about that. Um, you weren't on this update with Clint recently, but... As of the first few days of March, we had already exceeded all of what we had um, had gained in revenue in February. Yeah, we had, that, booked, that, had that, more on the, the books for March than we had in the full month. Exactly, eight days in. 
So, I mean, we have a great report for next month, but just letting you know, that's the effects of this taking place. Well, so you're you're looking at the revenue and and it doesn't show all the numbers because we kind of back out cleaning and stuff like that. But the month of February total revenue, including cleaning, everything was about 70,000. And I looked through and had a conversation with Clint yesterday, Joey. He said he feels like the month of March, we're gonna be at 90,000, just to give you an idea. So that's amazing. But look, looking at kind of top line revenue here for Wake Up in Birmingham, uh, taking out cleaning, we had about 45,000 of total income, expenses just under 40,000. So our net was just right under 6,000 a month, which is better than what we experienced in January. We were really uh, at a break even point in January. So we got right. a, a little cash flow in our pocket. But this is something that I, I still think, uh, as obviously, is, is seasonal. But the the eight or nine months during the warm months far exceed our, our low months that happen in December, January, and February. That's right. Now let's let's back up a second. We didn't cover the land business. So those of you who know thelandgeek.com, um, you can do the land business yourself, right? You can bu- go and buy raw land at a discount. They teach you how to buy it at really rock bottom, 25 cents on the dollar type of prices, turn around and sell it on the retail market through various places like landmoto.com, Facebook, um, and various other places, Craigslist and otherwise, and turn around and make those, uh, make that purchase on the retail market as a monthly payment back to you. So your owner financing the land back to you, not uh, too dissimilar to what Russ was mentioning, Mitch Steven does with houses. Well, this is just with raw land. And we have chosen to hire a team to do this for us. And that's another thing within our Passive Income Mastermind that you have access to is the fast pass to get the done for you model set up for you. Uh, Mark and his team, Mark Podolsky and his team will do that. Uh, this month alone, our land business created over $20,000 in passive income. That's the gross amount after um, all expenses paid, we netted $14,045.82. And how much time did you spend working in that business, Russ? Um, last month? Any month. <laughs> I don't even know how to get in the dashboard, man. I was trying to share. I was somebody, was say, asking me, somebody was saying, hey, Russ, how's that done for you, land business going? I was like, it's going amazing. They're like, tell me about it. I was like, it's going amazing. <laughs> what else do you want to know? It's going amazing. It's like amazing i that's my favorite word and i'm gonna say it now five times they're like well can you show me the stuff i said well i what i here's what i can do i can tell you how much money we've put in when we put it in how much cash flow we have coming a month how much overall value we have as compared to it which is about four times what we put into it overall value but if you want me to show you how to log into the thing you're gonna have to call joey because he's the only one knows how to get into the deal <laughs> I was about but to say, here, if you had to report the amount of time in the business, it would be a little bit misleading because the hours it's taking you to try to log into this is just, <laughs> it's just not realistic. I, I, people, I've spent way more time trying to figure <laughs> out how to log into that dashboard because I keep losing the username and password than I have ever doing anything with the business. But that's why this is very passive, right? Many of you who are listening to this, you're you're getting involved in the land business. It's more of a side hustle. It's something that you're working, you're building, you're creating in order to get to a point where you can then hand it off to people to run it for you. 
And I love that. I think that that's an amazing thing. That's what your daughter, Joey, uh, I know that is happening really in the month of March, but I want to talk about this because I've sat on a few calls as you and your daughter have been selling properties that she bought. And by the way, this is the cool thing. Most people are like, how do you buy land, right? Most of the time you have to email or not email people, you mail people, you try to get them to sell it to you, or you go out and buy properties from people who have already purchased them who are land sellers like us and that's called wholesale but your daughter did something even more unique your daughter has created a a really interesting way to buy land and then turn around and sell it talk a little bit about the land arbitrage model what you're going to steal her episode i mean we got to have an episode on this well i mean we need to like have her own no doubt but i mean let's let's just go ahead and tease it talk to me about what land arb is so, so what she did is she went out and was working with her coach and she has some capital built up in her uh, infinite banking policies that we've set up for her. And she was ready to just buy the properties outright. And her coach said, well, what about land arbitrage? She said, what does that mean? He said, well, you can, do we have different people that wholesale their land on payments to you rather than in full? Okay. So she was able to purchase two properties that were $9,800 in total value for 40 acres total, 20 acres a piece for the total of $200 a month. So she's financing it from someone else paying the $200 a month and then being able to turn around and then finance it to somebody else and get the difference. So the very first person that she's talked to and we're still waiting on him to make the payment. So it's not a done deal. But the first person that she's talked to about selling this property um, will pay $300 a month for one of those parcels. For how many months? For 80 months. And she owes this other seller the $200 a month for 60 months. So let's break break down what Joey's saying. Her out-of-pocket cost to purchase 40 acres is Two hundred dollars a month. That's right. I think you there was a. Two, I think there was a hundred dollar down payment too. But she's but yeah. broken those two things up into two separate parcels, and she's selling them on terms to somebody for three hundred dollars a month for half. So she's going to make a hundred dollars a month for the next eighty months with nothing in the deal at that point, right? That's right. And then she's going to market the second piece of property and whatever she gets on it, she gets another $300 a month. That $300 a month goes in her pocket, no expense. That's right. This is like when people say you have to have money in order to make money, that is a straight lie. Exactly. You have to have money is one of four, or in our case, as we went through our podcast on this, one of five things that you can have. You don't have to have them all. Money is one thing that you can have and she had it. But what your coach, what her coach gave her is education. He said, let me, let me share with you a way to purchase this smartly in a way that you can then not have to put up as much money because that's really the name of the game. This isn't about being debt free. People get so hung up in what Dave Ramsey teaches and they, they want to have everything hundred percent paid off. And by the way, there's some things you want 100% paid off, but there's some things that it is dumb. In my opinion, it is dumb to pay things off. Like why would I, I mean, every month they, my, my mortgage company sends me the, the principal 
uh, how much I owe on my house. And then I get this other uh, statement in the mail that tells me how much I owe on the equity line on the house. And then I got another line of credit <laughs> that tells me how much I owe on that. And I love the fact if I add all three of them up, they barely equal the value, depending on the day of the week, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied, right? Like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, if they want my house, I'll just, I'll just take all the little furnishings and I'll move to the next place. Because it ain't about that. I got the cash flow and I know I got zero dollars in this house doing zero. Mm. I got it all out there creating cash flow. So your daughter is learning a strategy at 15 that most people don't know at 50. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. 100%. 100%. And it, it gets me fired up, to be honest. Um, our our Passive Income Mastermind is all about seeking that 200% number. And one of the things that, that is behind that for me is the ability to hand down the knowledge to my girls that they can create the financial freedom for their family at, and, and exceed their dad by 20 years. Right? That is the power of being in a group like this mastermind is exposure, resources, connections, people that we can all kind of learn together and then collectively be able to hand that down to the next generation and those beyond. That's the the freedom of my time I want to be able to spend with her and with my other daughters. And so anyway, that's what's behind it for me. You're teaching her how to be a good investor. That's right. And I, I think so few people know how to be a good investor. We say this all the time, just repeating Robert Kiyosaki's quote, there's no good or bad investments. There's only good or bad investors. And I was listening to Kiyosaki the other day. He said, you know, he was talking about the the four commodities or the four precious metals that you should have. And I was like, four? He's like, yeah, gold, silver, guns, and ammo. <laughs> <laughs> But you need to understand like how things work. And once you understand that, it reveals so many opportunities to you. The way that we're using our short-term rental business, we're not buying these properties, right? We're just going in and renting them. We're doing arbitrage. Your daughter's now doing that with the land flipping business where she's not buying the property. She's just doing arbitrage. I think that's amazing. That's a, a great way to do that. Now, we have other spaces. You were talking about... Uh, you know, Bob and the things that he's been able to help us do in the crypto space. Uh, we're we're still mining Ethereum, and uh, we we've got a new operation that's getting kicked off. We got some stuff in the uh, email the other day, Joey. I don't know if you looked through it, but he's showing us our Bitcoin uh, mining operation that's going to get kicked off here in what June, July. Super excited for that to happen. Uh, I know that you know. I don't know which one's going to be the the one that goes to the moon, if it's Bitcoin or Ethereum, I know both of them are, are based on technology that are being used and applied in so many different ways that my, my mind can't even comprehend. 
But a part of that is just a currency that we get a little small piece of each and every time we do a transaction. And last last month, we we produced you know almost nine thousand dollars in our rewards, <laughs> if you will, for 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 doing that. Now there was a cost to doing business that was uh, a little over three thousand, so we netted almost sixty five hundred dollars uh, in our our businesses to to do the the uh, crypto mining. And I'm going to ask you that question. How much time did you spend uh, mining Ethereum last month, Joe? 0.0%. I mean, you spend more time looking up how much money you made than you spent doing anything else. That's it. That's right. It's totally hands off. And, and again, to me, it's a, it's a slow and steady, um, way to continuously build an, an additional currency that I believe will be super, super valuable the longer we go. And every day, I mean, don't miss last week's podcast on inflation. I know you weren't there personally, Russ, but you're going to want to listen in on that because we hammer the fact that our dollars are more than worthless every day and continue to get worse. And this every every time I look at this report and I see this number continuing to add to last month and the month before and the month before, it gives me a lot more peace of mind to know that we've got additional currency being built somewhere else. So much well, more I mean, secure. You, you think you think about the fact that you know Ethereum was you know five hundred dollars or something like that a coin in twenty twenty. That's and right. now we sit here looking at it. It was just right under three thousand a coin as we were doing this report. We've got to keep. We got to find things that can keep up with the expansion of the money supply, right? When we That's see right. gas prices at four dollars, you better have something. You better not have dollars just sitting in a checking account. You better have dollars at work. Hence the reason why we use infinite banking. We we love setting up these cash values so our dollars are constantly at work. And then we leverage those to do other things like buy machines that mine crypto. And uh, the other, the other side of that is we, we use it to, to create uh, machines that, that spit out dollars, which are called ATM <laughs> machines. Right. And, and we make money right now on that. I, I, I gotta be honest with you, the ATM machines right now, I'm a little bit nervous of the future. Have you, have you been listening to this central bank, digital currency conversation that's happening out there? No, I, I've heard it going on, but I have not researched it uh, detailed wise. I need to spend more time on that for sure. Well, so for everybody out there, I'm not an expert on this, but you could go research this. It's under CBDC. So that's basically the central bank digital currency. The president of the United States said we need to seriously be looking into this to keep up with other countries who are looking at this, like, you know, like, China, for example, who ha has come out with the digital uh, yen. Is that yen? How, how do you say that? Yen. Yeah, yen. I was my brain was like between on, on exactly how that was pronounced, but the but that is that is a scary thing to me, right? That for our ATM machines is that will if our if our government one goes out with a digital currency, it is not a good thing. So if you're listening to this and, and we, we have a chance to vote on this, vote no. We, exactly. we do not want our, our country to go to a digital currency because uh, ultimately speaking, that's just a way for them to just throw all of this debt they've created underneath the rug and say, okay, we forget about that. 
Um, now we'll just have this digital currency. And how does that play out? Well, yesterday when I'm, I, I went to this little car show and the guy valleyed my car and I came back and I gave him a $20 bill, I can't give him a $20 bill anymore. Digital currency means I have to I have to actually give him money that's digital. So that means that money's tracked from that point forward. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no money underneath the table. Well, in some regards, that may be good for our country. And they can say, oh, well, you don't, you know, we don't want uh, trafficking of drugs, trafficking of people, whatever it may be. We got to track that stuff. So you'd be like, oh, I'm all for that. We don't, you know, I don't, you know, illegal things happening. But at the same time, you no longer can get people to come do odd jobs for you without them having to then say, well, I mean, if you pay me this way, you need to pay me 25% more because I've got to pay taxes on it now. That eliminates all the little bitty jobs that happens. Not to mention the really scary stuff, Joey, about this stuff is, yeah. is that they say, you know what, Joey, I heard you uh, were one of those guys who don't like to wear a mask on airplanes. And be honest, we want everybody else to be mask maskers. And, and so we're just not going to let you, you want to spend this money at this uh, grocery store. Nah, that just doesn't meet our social crediting system. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go down the deep hole there, but I will tell you there is not a chance I would allow my currency to be tied to the government's um, decisions of how I should have access or not to. But, but that's, the, that's whole point, scary uh, thing. the reason I bring this up though is the the value of Ethereum and Bitcoin is that they are decentralized, right? That's right. There there is no single person in charge. I love that. I I know that there's crypto ATM machines, and maybe maybe if for whatever reason our fiat currency is taken away, I hope it's not. If it does, hopefully we can like tweak it and, and take our ATM machines in order. to, to move them to Bitcoin or Ethereum or some other sort of crypto that's not the CBDC's version. That's right. So, but at, to your point, our ATM machine did produce the 2184 this month, just like they did last month and the month before. They're just solid. They're just consistent. And uh, this is kind of an interesting thing to me. We spent dollars one time to purchase these. We got a immediate bonus depreciation on that to, to reduce our tax burden. And then we get to consistently get a, a fee off of that every single month in equal to the same amount. Now, the people that are going to those ATMs to get the dollars out could be paying an increasing fee based on inflation, but it won't affect it. So it could actually increase our return. Our return. Did That's you right. think about that? I had thought about that, but yeah, I, we need to like message our <laughs> guy about that and say, hey, by the way, are you guys increasing your fees to account for many things? I mean, obviously the rent that that we could potentially pay in the future where these ATM machines are stored could go up. I, I think all that stuff is contracted like in. I, yeah. yeah, I think I, I think we're locked in there, but you, to be honest, the people who don't have those locked in or are renewing it, they're going to have to increase their fee. So if I go to an ATM over here and it's $2 and I go to one over here, it's $4. I'm going to be like, Oh, well, I'm going to try to go to this $2 one. But if the $2 one increases the $4, I'm just going to be like, well, that's just what's happening. I have no other option. And if everybody ends up raising their prices, like we win, if we have a locked in already contractual rent price, that's right. I, I, my, 
I guarantee you those guys are thinking about it. These are smart people. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of other things on this list, but I want to talk about as we're wrapping up here, something I want to share. You know, I've spent a lot of money uh, over the last year and a half with attorneys learning better ways to organize my finances, to structure things so that I can pass it down. And I haven't even had a chance to share this with you. So I thought I'd do this live. You good with this? Uh, hey, I'm always open for good surprises. So, so here's one of the things that uh, the attorney pointed out to me, which again, I'm talking to Joey. Please don't take this as legal advice for yourself. You need to go talk to your own people. Just one of the things, yeah. <laughs> I, so we have several things on here, Joey, that are purely passive, hands off. We don't deal with. That's right. But the the community, right? That's an I would call that an active business, even though we don't do a ton for it, but we created the courses. That would be considered active revenue. We're involved in that business. The uh, wake up in Birmingham, even though you and I don't spend tons of time in that business, it's still going to be considered active income for us. Those two things, we need to restructure how we're flowing that thing through because right now we're, th we're flowing it through to a partnership. And so we're going to have to pay, not W-2 income, but active income uh, tax rates on that money. So our attorney was telling me, and because you couldn't be on that call, is that you and I need to consider moving the flow of that income out of that entity and moving it toward our S-Corps so that we could get some of the S-Corp deductions and uh, distributions. So we could pay ourselves a salary and then take the rest in distributions, which is to help reduce our taxes on that. Smart. So I, I, like so I was like, oh, man, I, I had not even considered that. So all the other things that are passive, it's fine for us the way we have it set up. But for that, that's one of the things. So that's just you and me talking. But I feel like, you know, anytime I'm learning something, I want to share it with you as you're listening, because you may not have all these things right now, but you ought to always consider, one, how you protect things. But secondly, how do you avoid paying tax on stuff? Because at the end of the day, is how much you have left over. This is why, Joey, in our passive income mastermind, we we one of the three pillars is on tax strategies because That's we right. have to find ways to keep more of the dollars that we have. That's right. So just just to wrap things up real quick, if you're not viewing this live uh, on Facebook or YouTube with us, um, or or even watching it after the fact, the total amount of revenue we brought in from all businesses. Uh, that's land, short-term rentals, Ethereum miners, ATMs, multifamily syndication, a short or excuse me, a long-term rental, the RV that we rent out, uh, our community space, the private note fund, stackcandles.com. Go check that out. Um, and our 100 unicorns, which is on life support as we speak, is 100408 We had 67000 in expenses, so a net of 33240 for the month, um, not a terrible month. It is definitely lower than um, the hottest parts of the year, but uh, we'll take it and we'll continue to grow and look for ways to improve it. So I hope this is inspiring again, that each one of these things may not be for you, but maybe you find the one or two that you can go hard after and create the financial freedom that you're looking for. It may not be on the same scale or the same types of things that we are doing, but that's what our community is for, is to help you get to your financial freedom number as soon as possible. Yeah. Again, if you want to take part um, and apply to come to the mastermind that we're going to have in Austin in May, 
Just email us at info at wealthwaltwallstreet.com. Put in the subject line, passive income retreat, and we'll have our assistant send you the details to see if that'd be a good fit for you. As always, thank you for listening to this uh, report. And if you found value, please like it, share it, review us so other people can find it. And, um, and as always, please um, join us on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.